God, we're just thankful we can be in your house. We're thankful for your word, how it encourages us, how it guides us and directs us in the truth, how it reveals to us the salvation story, the message of our redemption. And so, Lord, we just find that very encouraging. And Lord, today, maybe there's someone here who has not been encouraged by that, that they haven't heard the story, that the gospel is not news at all. We just pray, Lord, they wouldn't leave today before they actually understand why it's encouraging. And we just thank you for our time. We pray you'd bless it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I don't have any cool slides or funny stuff. I just haven't ever done it. Sometimes I'll do a profound thought, but I always get these weird looks like. So I kind of canned that. So we're just going to jump right into the old meat today of things. Now, a few weeks ago, I was actually hungry after church. Does anybody join me in that? You get hungry and you're like, hey, where are we going? Uh, well, I, I was leaving church and I was really hungry. And so I did what I do many times is I, I actually stopped by my local subway on the way home, grab a sandwich. I walked in. There was a young man behind the counter. I couldn't have been much out of high school, you know, very young. He was quiet, very soft-spoken. And I went up to order. He just asked me how my day was going, kind of in hushed tones, without really making any eye contact with me. I know really nothing about this young man except that he's young. He works at Subway. He asked me how my day was when he could have simply just asked for my order. He was quiet, seemed very shy. Well, I was done ordering and was about to pay for my sandwich when a woman who had just gone through the line ahead of me approached the counter where this young man was standing and immediately voiced how upset she was that he was going to give her what, in her opinion, was poor quality lettuce. She proceeded to call his decision a joke. There was no tact, there was no grace, just displeasure. She was, without a question, rude. Now, it's interesting because I started asking questions. Why had this woman felt the need to tell this young man these things in this way? What purpose was she intending to accomplish? Maybe the lettuce was terrible. And maybe it needed to be replaced. But was this the way to go about letting him know? You know, there are things worse in life than a little wilted lettuce. At least I think there are. But here's the question I keep thinking about to this day. Every time I step into that subway now and I see him working, it's what did her actions and words actually do to this young man? The stuff we didn't see. There are so many unknowns in this situation. This woman clearly didn't consider. Maybe he was new. Maybe he was following orders and trying to do what he'd been told. Maybe there was another reason that he did what he did. But regardless, her words and actions that day brought about one thing for sure. Discouragement. Have you ever been in a place where you're trying to do something right or new and someone comes up and tells you how bad you're doing? The worst is when you're really just trying to get it just right and someone just attacks you. I can tell you that there's nothing more discouraging than when you're trying so hard to do something new and trying to get it just right and someone comes up and tears you down 
and what you're attempting. Now, I recognize this young man could have simply been lazy and maliciously attempting to destroy this woman's sandwich. But from what I saw, it didn't seem to be so. But one thing that was so was this woman's clear intention and desire to impact those behind the counter, including a young man who may have needed necessary encouragement that day rather than discouragement. So this has been on my mind for a while. been thinking about this. And it's not just this event, but it's, it's many others like it. Everywhere around us, I would say, is death by a thousand tongues. You know, James 3.6 says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Not a lot of positive stuff about the tongue there in that verse, is there? And you know, it's not just the tongue. It's actions. Everywhere around us, there are two things happening. Encouragement and discouragement. And we're either in one camp or the other. This morning, we're going to take just a little time to explore something briefly. The keys to overcoming this epidemic of discouragement. And it's actually quite simple. It just takes some encouragement. You know, encourage is an actually very interesting word. It has three similar yet very distinct definitions. It means first to help or stimulate an activity. It means to give support or advice to someone so that they will do or continue doing something. And finally, it means to give confidence or hope. The third one is my favorite. When it comes to encouraging, Christians should be the most encouraging people on the planet. Right in the definition are the terms hope and confidence. Maybe you've never realized that encouraging someone gives them hope and confidence. Did you know that? We should all know that giving someone hope gives them something good to look forward to in the future. Giving someone confidence prepares them to stand firm and even take action in the truth in the face of lies and discouragement. It's interesting that Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, did you catch the two words there? Hope and certain. Hope, what is coming, certain is the confidence that it's there. Every Christian here today and out there, regardless of your gifts, your talents, your situations, your abilities, you've been given one specific common command with me. And it comes from Mark 16.15. Jesus speaking, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, do you know what gospel means? It means good news. Not bad news, but good news. And why is the gospel good news? Because people living bound by sin and enslaved to lies that have no hope in this life or the next, they want to hear it. They need to hear it. We all need to hear it. And it's your job and my job to take what we've been given by Jesus 
and share it with those around us so that they will be encouraged to do what ought to be done. Encouraged to save their very souls. Now I would suggest to you today that encouraging others isn't an option for the Christian. It's not a gift or something you just, you know, that person just, that's all, they, they just encourage I don't do any of that. It's fundamental to the lifestyle of a Christian and what they believe. It's interesting in Psalm 10, it says this in verse 16, The Lord is King forever and ever. The nations will perish from His land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted and You encourage them. And You listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that they, the mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. You know, God is set on making sure that those who need encouragement get it. And honestly, we, those who carry His name, are the means by which He intends to carry that out. As I was thinking about my experience in Subway and situations like this, I believe there are just a few things we can remember that will really help us with the proper foundation to be able to type, to encourage people the way God desires. You have to remember. So the first thing we need to keep in mind is this. Number one, the key to encouragement is having courage. Did you think about that? There are people all around us, due to life events and situations, circumstances, who are living in discouragement. They believe they're worthless, hopeless, expendable, forgotten, and alone. And maybe they've made more poor choices. Or maybe they just have simply had bad luck. And it takes courage on two different fronts to make a difference in these situations. First, it takes the discouraged individual choosing to receive encouragement. You realize that? You have to receive encouragement. And that's tough when you've run into a situation and failure and hardship has been your story. It takes humility and courage to decide not to give up. You realize that? Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. These words from Paul are directly intended to encourage those who think they're never going to get the prize at the end of the road. They're feeling a bit discouraged. You know, half of the battle when talking about encouragement is one party allowing themselves to be encouraged by those encouragers around them. When someone extends their arm down into the pit to pull you out, grab on. Second, it takes courage by the follower of Christ to actually encourage someone. I know that sounds really strange. But in many instances, those needing real encouragement have lives that are a mess. Their situations are dire and terrible. And it's a whole lot easier when we run into those people, to just simply avoid them? How many times do we simply avoid for the sake of convenience? We've all done it. We sacrifice the chance to encourage and give hope on the altar of selfishness and fear. When we choose to engage someone with the intent to encourage them, we're opening ourselves up to bearing the burdens they carry. And when we really care about them, we start to find ourselves bearing with them. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus Christ is the ultimate burden bearer. Do you realize that? In his mission to save mankind and encourage them toward God, he himself became burdened. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And as much lifting of burdens Jesus did, he's actually identified this way in Isaiah. Now this is the New Living Translation. I think it hits it just right. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. You as a follower of Jesus Christ have had your sins wiped away by Jesus himself. But it wasn't without grief, hardship, and pain that Jesus carried your and my burdens. Remember it says, it is by his stripes we are healed. It took courage to come to earth, abandon a heavenly dwelling, and die for man. Jesus endured the ultimate discouragement to hand us the ultimate encouragement. So are you willing to be encouraged? Will you receive it? Through our identification with Him and our being changed into His likeness every day, we may find ourselves carrying burdens of those we're encouraging. But is it worth it if your participation in bearing each other's burdens brings the necessary encouragement and healing to the individual? Second thing I want you to think about. When we encourage, we must do it the right way. There are two ways you encourage people. Through your words and through your actions. We find an amazing example of this at a time when Jesus was standing amongst the religious elite, the Pharisees, and a man unable to walk is brought before Him. And He speaks to the Pharisees this way in Matthew chapter 9, verse 5. He says, which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? We have a tendency to think this way. We simply say something to someone and we're done. We encourage them with words and then we're done. Talk is cheap. If you want to really have a lasting impact, you've got to accompany them. Encouraging words with encouraging actions. It might mean doing the very things you're encouraging someone else to do. We call that setting the example. It might mean giving something up and committing to spend your oh-so-valuable time with someone who needs consistent, regular encouragement. You know, we used to call that discipleship. Encouraging another who has maybe not come as far as you have yet to keep on. Jesus told the man before him that his sin was forgiven. Those would be encouraging words, but it was the action that followed which proved his words were right and true. In Matthew 9.8 it says, When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God. So if you recall, he told him to take up his mat and go home. Encouragement must come in what we say and what we do. We must also encourage people in this way, in what is right and not in what is wrong. I know that sounds a bit like a duh this morning, but it's true. 
There are times when we think we know the truth about something and we're wrong. There are also times when we encourage others with our own self-interests in mind. Have you ever done that before? It's interesting that in Psalm 64, we find an example of the wrong kind of encouragement. It says this, when speaking of those who are wicked in verses 5 and 6, it says, they encourage each other in evil plans. They talk about hiding their snares. They say, who will see it? They plot injustice and say, we have devised a perfect plan. Encouragement, yes. The evil will encourage others to embrace evil. That's the wrong kind of encouragement. There is one clear identifying mark of true encouragement. It's encouragement in line with what God says in His Word. If you turn on the news, you'll see people encouraging other people all over to do things that are directly against what God says to do. Encouraging someone just to go for it when they want to steal or harm someone else. That isn't great encouragement. It is, in fact, encouragement, but it's the wrong kind. Interestingly enough, there can actually be a good kind of discouragement. Do you realize that? When you're discouraging someone from embracing behavior or activities that are wrong, that's a good thing. Because when you're discouraging them away from sin, you're encouraging them toward right, toward God. You know, the key that binds all these things together, however, is the fact that God Himself, through His Word, is the standard by which all encouragement should be weighed. Right or wrong, good or bad. So are you wondering today how to encourage someone specifically? Well, maybe start with the Word of God and what He says should be the goal of the encouragement. Which leads to this, the final piece. True Christians should express true encouragement. As followers of Jesus, we shouldn't be afraid to speak the truth to people. However, we must do it as Christ instructed us to do. Colossians 4.6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And Proverbs 15 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Encouragement is to be united with wisdom, love, and truth in all circumstances. There is a lot of encouragement that goes on that isn't good. It's people afraid to tell others the truth. It's all about embracing every belief, every action all the time. It's about encouraging people to do whatever they think they should do whatever they want. But I hate to tell you this, that's not always good encouragement. True encouragement is to be rooted in God's truth and His righteousness, spoken and shown with His mercy, grace, and love, and kindness. The world needs to know that Christians have the answers to hopelessness and discouragement that plagues society. We should be the safe haven for those who are looking for hope, forgiveness, and love. We should be encouraging people in the truth always. Ephesians 4 says, Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. 
From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. In a world of so many discouragements and worries and fears, who should humanity look to for hope and peace and the necessary encouragement? Is it not Jesus Christ who has encouraged us and therefore we are to be His mouthpiece and His hands as we encourage others with our words and our actions? Let me remind you of something as we close today. There isn't a person on this planet who doesn't need encouragement. We're all wondering at times if we're on track or we're off track or even know where the track is. We want to know we're okay. We're going to be okay. We need someone to be honest with us about also willing to take our hand and help us over the difficult moments. We need someone to teach us what's right backed with encouragement so we can become masters and experts in that which God has set before us. Some months ago, I was doing a funeral in Greeley, and amongst the people there was Doug Corliss. Is Doug here today? Maybe he's not here today. He pulled me aside for a moment and said something very important to me at this funeral. He said, I don't know if you guys, speaking of pastors, need encouragement, but I want you to know that you spoke a message some time ago that hit home with me. I couldn't even remember what it was or even given the message. But he thanked me for sharing that Sunday because he said it encouraged him in something he'd been really struggling with. Yes, even pastors need encouragement. Everyone does. And when all life falls apart, it is you and I here, those with the Spirit of God within us, that have the opportunity to give hope, peace, and encouragement to those around us. I'm going to do something a little bit different as we close. I actually want to put this message immediately in action so you can see it. So if what I say fits you, I want you to stand up where you're at. Everybody's going, uh-oh, who's he going to pick on, right? Now the guys that are on the top of my list, they can't really stand up or the whole system falls apart, but the sound guys in the back, if you've helped with the sound, will you stand up? Or any of our media stuff, will you stand up? I know you guys can't see them, they're standing in the back. You've, you've helped with our slides. I want to thank you guys for your willingness to help out with that. Kyle, for showing up early, 8 o'clock, when you could be sleeping in. You guys still have to stand, unless you can't. Then you can sit down. Parents, grandparents, if you brought your kids here this morning to Sunday school or to church, stand up. Thank you for being a reminder that young people today are still committed to bringing up their children in the Lord's house. Where's our leadership? Our elders, our deacons, board members? You guys stand up if you're not already standing up. Anybody who comes to do something at the church during the week or Sunday morning, service, stand up. I don't care if it's a wanna choir, anything that you do during the week, stand up. You guys are integral parts to making all this function. Do you realize that? If you don't come, we're all hosed. <laughs> Those of you who attend church functions during the week, maybe you come to a Bible study, maybe you're just involved in anything here at the church, just attending. This is a big one. 
those of you who didn't feel great this morning, and it hurts to get up and going, but you still made it here this morning, stand up if you can. I know that's kind of a weird one. Or you can stay seated, just put your hand up. Man. And yes, I'm talking to Tom and Jeannie Gilly because they're probably watching on the live stream right now. Be encouraged that your dedication to the things of the Lord beyond your own comfort and feeling is not in vain. And finally, anyone who made the decision today when you could have slept in to stand up and come to church, stand up. You had one in the back, all right. Everyone should be on their feet right now. You should all be encouraged by the fact that you're here today. Be encouraged because God is glad you're here today. He hears you. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you or anything you're dealing with. He couldn't be happier with your willingness to come into His house, spend time with Him when you could have done a million other things this morning. Okay, you guys can sit down. So I hope you feel encouraged a little bit, maybe. Please be encouraged today. Receive it right there where you are. Now you know how it feels. So I want you to go be the truthful, loving, generous, and necessary encouragement to somebody else that's not here today. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are the ultimate Lord, to speak the truth to us, to guide us, show us what we should be doing, ultimately putting our faith in you as you grow us and change us. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this encouragement and the gospel and the good news that you have given to us. And I pray, Lord, we would share it with all those around us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.